you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. very very proud pastor that was amazing we have such a tremendous team here at victory outreach manchester and the christmas season's starting that's it it's official now amen christmas season is beginning and i just want to share just a brief word and uh, just to get us into the the what's going to be taking place over the next few weeks so just help me to pray right now father in jesus name Lord, we are so, so grateful that Jesus is real. Look at what you've done, God, in our lives. Look at what you've done. Broken people fixed. Broken families restored. New generations rising up with new opportunities to live in the way they were created to live. We give you glory today. We adore you, O God, and we praise you. We declare that Jesus Christ is the King of the universe, is the Lord of all creation, and is the Savior to all who turn to him in faith. Just take a minute and just love God for a minute. Just take a minute and just love him for a minute. Just tell him you love him. Thank you, Jesus. You can feel his presence in this place. When children, sometimes they they come and they just bring a different level of praise. They bring a different level of faith. They bring a different level of the beauty and the wonder of God, right? You think their little hearts and how they've been excited about doing this, how they've been pressing into this and learning and, you know, participating. Think how that's going to affect their little lives. Amazing. And God loves each and every one of us, even the smallest among us. What a good God. What a mighty God you are. Hallelujah. Lord, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your seats. I want to talk to you today very quickly about how to have the best Christmas ever. How many of you want the best Christmas ever? Oh, just a few of you. How many of you want 2023 to be the best Christmas ever? Because why not? Why not? Amen. Why not? You can have it. There's no one going to say, oh, no, you can't. Oh, yes, you can. So we can have the best Christmas ever, but we have to understand that there's some stuff that we can, we can really grab a hold of to help us. And I want to help you to get, the, the, get into the place where you have the best Christmas ever. So over the next, today and the next two weeks leading up to Christmas, I'm going to be breaking down the Christmas story. So it's going to be like a, a little Christmas um, series. And today, you know, it's just really an intro, it's an overview And we're going to be looking at three things over the next three weeks, including today. We're going to be looking at the problems of Christmas. I mean, if you know there's problems about Christmas, 
Sometimes there's been problems at Christmas. People have a problem with Christmas. We're going to look at some of the problems and we're going to see how God deals with them. We're going to be looking at the power of Christmas. Because I mean, you know, Christmas is a powerful time. There's power in what the story of this time tells us. And then we're going to be looking at the possibilities of Christmas. Because there's so many possibilities for us at this time. But first of all, I want us to look at the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. This is how. The Bible tells us how he was born. It also tells us where he was born. And if you really, really go beneath the surface of Scripture, it will even tell you when he was born. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is probably the first miracle that we see at Christmas, is that Joseph actually believed that Mary got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What a miracle. I don't know about you, but if, you know, Vicky had come back and told me one time before we got married that she was pregnant and it was the Holy Spirit that did it, I'm going to have a little stewards on that. Are you with me? <laughs> Amen. I mean, if you know Joseph, we don't hear a lot about Joseph in scriptures, but one thing we do know about Joseph is that God considered him to be a safe pair of hands. Amen. Imagine God the Father in heaven entrusting God the Son as an innocent, naked little baby into the hands of a human man. You've got to trust that man. I don't know about you, but Joseph had a big job, Right? And God the Father trusted Joseph to take care of his son. Amazing. Amazing. What a man Joseph must have been. Then he said this, the angel, he said, For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. We get that word Jesus. Our English word Jesus comes from the Greek word Jesus, Jesus which comes from the Hebrew Yeshua. Amen. And sometimes people say, well, if, we, if his real name was Yeshua in Hebrew, but we say Jesus, will God know who we're talking about? You know, sometimes you just want to just go, oh, God. <laughs> Amen. But that's kind of the etymology of the name. His name will be Jesus, and it has a meaning, for he will save his people from their sins. What amazing, incredible declaration to a father who knows that, hold up a minute, my wife's giving birth to a son by the Holy Spirit. She's a virgin. I haven't touched her yet. We haven't been together yet. I'm to call him Jesus. Not only is he going to be a miracle child, but he's also going to save people from their sins. He's going to be the Messiah. Wow. That is like news, man. I don't know about you, but when Vicky told me she was pregnant with our first child, I was like, I was scared to death. Amen. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be a father. And then when she delivered, gave birth to Lily, 
And, and that little frog-looking thing came out. She came out, she looked like a frog, man. She was like a frog. She had, she had long legs all curled up and, that, and they unraveled like a frog. And when I held her in my arms, all of a sudden it struck home to me that, my goodness, this is real. But imagine having the Messiah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. This is the Messiah. You're in awe of it. And then he poos. <laughs> and then the reality comes. Because God became a human. This is the point. The, the, the God, the Spirit, the creator of the universe, the uncaused cause, the uncreated being, right? Became a human to save humanity. And he had every single thing that humans have. He went through it all. All this occurred... Verse 22, to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That was through the prophet Isaiah. 500 of, or, or more years before this even happened, he prophesied this. When Joseph woke up, this is important. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. Amazing. You know, this whole story is incredible. And we have to understand it. When we get to understand this story, it can really, really work wonders in our lives. There's two types of Christmases that you can have. One that is filled with history or one that is filled with destiny. One of the biggest problems that we have looking at problems is that, and this, this goes not just for Christmas but in our lives, is that we live our lives based on our history instead of our destiny. And when you live your life based on history, I mean, if you know, as humans, we remember a lot of the bad stuff. And that bad stuff affects us. We end up carrying all this baggage into our present reality, right? Sometimes we remember, you know, the bad things that have happened. There's trauma that we remember. You know, physiologically, it lodges in our... In our, in our hippocampus and our amygdala gets freaked out and all sorts of things take place. You end up with PTSD and trauma from all of the stuff that's happened in the past. There are some problems that we've had in our past. How many of you have had some trauma and problems in your past? How many of you, in somewhere in your history, there's been some mad things that have taken place? Wave your hand in the air, right? You're not human if you haven't had some madness that's taken place in your life. Let me ask you another question. How many of you have had some really horrible Christmases? Wave your hand in the air like you just don't care, right? What does that mean? That means that if you live your life based on your history, then you can bring that baggage into your present where it doesn't belong. We need to keep the past in the past. We need to learn from it but not live from it. Amen? Learn from it. Because that was really good. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes I like saying things again so you catch it. Learn from it, but don't live from it. Amen? If we're going to live, we have to live based upon our destiny. We live based upon the fact that we are destined for eternity. There is going to be good things happening. There are rewards in our future. There is a six-pack in your future. Hallelujah. Amen? 
You won't need to wear gold. You're going to be walking on streets of solid gold. You're going to be living in a land where you never grow old. Heaven is better than this. Praise God what joy it is. Amen. So we need to understand that God has something in future, in store for us. And Christmas is about that. It was the gift that just keeps on giving. But there are some problems. Amen. For sometimes, some people, if they, they don't understand this and they get stuck in the past, it can be a time of stress, excess. Come on now, right? Some of you, you, you don't eat chocolate until the Quality Street tin comes out. And then that gets to a point on Boxing Day or a couple of days after when you're even eating the toffees. <laughs> Everything else has been just slaughtered. Every bit of chocolate, you're eating 10 mince pies a day. Come on, somebody. You don't even eat mince pies. But there's excess. Some people, I remember in my BC days, before Christ, when there would be people that would get, be getting drunker than usual. <laughs> right? Excess. And then don't forget the excess spending. Oh, stop me. Christmas is so commercialized now. It's so pressurizing. And I don't know about you, but the kids' Christmas lists get longer. They get more detailed. They give you screenshots. They send you links. Come on now. Right? And it's not just like a, a box of Lego. Now it's the latest Jordan 4's 500 pound exclusive or the latest PS19 game or whatever it is. Am I talking to anyone? And the thing is, if we get caught up in the commercialization of it, right, in the excess of it, you'll end up, right, poor, messed up. Come on, somebody. Overweight, no money, stressed out. Come on, somebody, help me out. If you do Christmas wrong, you're going to end up spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people who don't care. I have made a commitment. I will never, ever buy anything in Christmas on credit. Ever. Never. I never use my credit card, ever. If I ain't got the money, you ain't getting it. One thing my children have learned is faith. When, Lily gives, when Tom gives us a list, it's like, no, nah, I don't know. What do you want, Tom? Oh, I don't know. This year he's asked for a ukulele. <laughs> he wants to learn to play the guitar. Lily, my goodness, amen, it's a book, it's a directory, it's a catalogue. And I've, 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 told, I've told him, listen, pray about it. <laughs> Love the list, chick, pray about it. And they pray, they pray, that they must pray because the money comes in and they end up getting stuff. But I ain't going into debt. Don't go into debt this Christmas. This Christmas, do not go into debt. Turn around, look at someone, say, mm, it's talking to you. There's other problems about Christmas. For some people, Christmas can be very lonely. It can be very lonely. Based upon history, it's very lonely. 
there's isolation, you're far from family, we have people that come from different lands, different cities, different places to come to Manchester. You know, Manchester's grown 60 or plus percent in population over the last 10 or 12 years. Huge, there's been a massive influx. I remember when we first got to Manchester from London, we came up here and it was literally like a black and white movie. It was like Coronation Street. I thought everyone had outside toilets. I saw some cars on the streets, but they were on bricks, hallelujah. There was tumbleweed on the streets. Even the dogs were up on bricks. They'd, someone had stolen their legs. You know, it was really old. People wore flat caps and they had whippets. Amen. There were kestrels flying overhead. It's very old school. Now there's people from everywhere. But people come in and their families are not here. And so people can be lonely at Christmas. Maybe they're not with their parents. Maybe they're at uni. They can't get back. Maybe their families are broken up. How many of you know we live in a fatherless culture? We live in a broken family culture. So what does God want to do this Christmas? He wants to put the lonely in families. No one should be alone at Christmas if you're part of a church. That's why this year we're having a big Christmas day here at the church. We want everywhere. If you ain't got nowhere to go, you haven't got any food, come, we're supplying the food, we're supplying the fun, we're supplying the fellowship. Come, do not be alone this Christmas. There's all sorts of problems that can take place. And then you have the problems of people complaining that Christmas has nothing to do with Christmas Day. Jesus was born on Christmas Day. It's a pagan festival. The tree's pagan. <laughs> you know, I've had years and years of this nonsense. Right? And we're going to look at all of this stuff over the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to break down all the details today, but I'm going to show you over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're here or you're tuning in the next couple of weeks, you're going to learn about the real Christmas, biblically, amen. You're going to learn when Jesus was born, where Jesus was born, why we celebrate on the, the, the days we celebrate, what Christmas Day the 25th was all about, amen. Why we, why we give gifts, what it all means, why it's important. So at the end of this, by, the, by, by, by Christmas Day, you're, you're going to know what it's all about, biblically. Is that all right? Yeah. So we're not into pagan festivals, Amen. We don't worship the tree. Huh? It's not our idol. We don't put food and drink in front of it and bow down in front of it as if the tree is going to give us anything. And we have all of this madness. People talk smack about Christmas. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with Muslims talking smack about it and Hindus talking smack about it because they don't know the, the Bible. But when Christians talk smack about stuff and start cursing and pulling people down and messing people up, Amen, about it. I have a problem. It's like, come on, dude. Do you, do you not know that there's enough enemies outside without you poking your finger inside? Stop it. If you're a Christian and you're, you're, you're condemning people for celebrating Christmas, shut up. I'm sorry. Sit down and talk to someone about it. Get, get some reasoning about it. But wipe your mouth. Come on, somebody. Wind your neck in. And just don't do Christmas if you don't want to do Christmas. It's cool. Because it's Colossians, Paul says to the church in Colossae, in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths, right? Don't celebrate it if you don't want to. It's cool. But don't worry about being condemned for celebrating Christmas because we're not using it as a salvation thing for our lives. It's not like if you don't celebrate Christmas, you're going to hell. But if you do celebrate Christmas, you're not going to hell either. 
It says, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ is that reality. When you've got Christ at the center of your life, you don't have to worry that Saturday or Sunday is this, you know, is it Saturday or Sunday? Is it Easter or Passover? Is it the, the, the Jewish feasts or the Christian feasts? Is it, you know, Christmas or is it, is it Jesus or Yeshua or some other made up? Don't worry about that stuff. Secondary issues. Secondary issues. Amen? And we're going to go over the biblical stuff in the next couple of weeks. But these are some of the problems that we can, we can deal with. Amen? There's so much stuff I've got here. I might even put the notes out somewhere so that you can read all these notes. I've got quotes and notes and all sorts of stuff. But for the sake of time, um, just don't worry about that stuff. We know there's problems. But how many of you know there's also power? There's also power. Because unlike Santa, Jesus always delivers what he promises. Amen. Unlike secret Santa gifts, there's no recycling the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can pass it on, but we don't lose it when we pass it. With your secret Santa, you get it, you look at it, you go, Ugh, is that what they think of me? And then you do the same to someone else. <laughs> you give it to someone else. Come on, how many of you have recycled gifts? How many of you have thought, is that what they think of me for giving me that? Right? You thought that, and then you go and do it to someone else. So that's what you think of them. <laughs> but unlike Santa, Jesus, the gifts that we get through God, we can recycle them, but we don't lose anything. We get the best gifts. We get the gift of life. Come on, somebody. The thing is, there's problems to Christmas and all of this stuff, and we'll learn about it, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Christmas is good. There's good stuff in it. There's reasons for it. The gospel writers tell us that there will be a, a, a child that is born, and he will be God with us. This human baby born to a virgin will be God with us. And he was born just as the Bible said. He was born where the Bible said. In Bethlehem. He was born in the place, the Migdal which is the watchtower of the flock, where all of the lambs were born to the Levitical flocks that serviced the temple that were born in the place that Jesus was born, just outside Bethlehem. And the shepherds were the Levitical shepherds. I'm getting into some, some of next week's stuff. The shepherds were the Levitical shepherds that the angel came to to go and examine this new little lamb, the lamb of God, to see if it was at, without spot or blemish. Because the lambs that were born there, when, the, when they were without spot or blemish, examined by those shepherds, they would then qualify to become sacrifices in the temple. So Jesus was born in that place, just as the Bible said, to qualify. Also, his mum and dad were direct descendants of King David. Both of them, on both lineages. You can read that in the Gospels as well. They had direct descent back to King David, so he was truly a son of David. Another qualification. He was born when the Bible said. Revelation chapter 12 tells us when all of the stars and all of, all of the rest of it were in alignment. All of these things all come together and show us that something powerful was happening. God had come 
out of the spirit realm in eternity and had encased himself in the flesh of humanity through Jesus Christ the Son to be born, to grow and live just as you and I, but yet was without sin because he had to be a sacrifice for sin. To be a sacrifice for sin, it had to be a man, human man, because it was a human man that messed up, so it was going to be a human man that blessed up. He had to be without sin, without spot, without blemish. And he would die to pay the price for Adam's failure and then release Adam's descendants from the curse. The promise of Jesus is forgiveness. That's what Christmas is about. It's about the promise of forgiveness. It's about the promise of reconciliation. It's about the promise of peace and love and purpose and true freedom and joy. After he was born, another messenger from heaven. That's what angel means. It just means messenger. That's what it means in Hebrew and Greek. A messenger appeared to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 and said, Don't be afraid. I mean, if you know, when an angel appears to you, you're afraid. I've never seen an angel. Amen? I'd love to see an angel. But you'd be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. I'll bring you good news. This was the gospel, good news. That will bring great joy to all people. So joy is part of the Christmas message. I don't know that some of you have been a little bit miserable lately. You've had some misery in your life. You're still a little bit miserable right now. I can see your face. This Christmas, treat yourself to a facelift. Some of you need it. Forget Botox. Amen. Because then you, you, are, you are then consistently caught in an attitude of surprise. <laughs> it's like you're stuck, surprised. Everyone's surprised. What are you surprised about? I look at some people sometimes, I'm like, you're surprised to see me? They're like, don't worry about that. God has given us the ability to give ourselves a facelift. It's called a smile. Everyone smile right now. Feel your cheeks go up. Feel your lips start to pout. Come on, somebody. It tightens your chin. Your neck stops looking like a turkey neck. Smile. Smile right now. Smile. Smile at me right now. Turn around and smile at someone right now. Show me your tooth. Hallelujah. When you smile, it does something, not only to you, not only to your face, it does something to your heart, but it does something to someone else. Sometimes when I go back to London, I go on the tube, and sometimes I freak people out because I just sit there smiling at them. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if some stranger's smiling at you, immediately you think, ee, ee, ee. you think lunatic, nutter, what are they doing? They're smiling at me. Why? Because it's so unnatural. But joy, joy, joy. Great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The promise was good news, great joy, salvation, all wrapped up in a person that we can connect with, learn from and follow, and someone we can get to know. That's the gift of Christmas, that we can get to know the Creator. Maybe today, maybe this Christmas season is going to be the time when a friend or a family member receives the gift of salvation. 
One of the greatest Christmases I ever had was the Christmas in the year I got saved in 1995. I got saved in July 1995, and I kind of struggled my way through things, but I got to the Christmas season. I was around at my mum and dad's house, and uh, I was getting ready to go to church for a Christmas Eve service. And my dad, who's a man's man, he's my hero, he's someone that I've always looked up to, amen. He, he, he said to me, son, where are you going tonight? I said, I'm going to church, dad. He said, what's that, new club? Because I used to go out clubbing. I mean, if you know, Christmas Eve, it was Slade, you know. It's Christmas! Right? The Pogues. Right? You scumbag, you maggot. We did all that. How many of you? Don't get all holy on me now. You did all that. It was one of those things in our BC days. Right? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, that, what a sad song. What a miserable, sad song. All these tanned people with big white teeth and furry jumpers rolling about in the snow on the video, talking about giving their love to someone and then the person just gives it away the next day. It's like, we, they're not even recycling the, the deodorant or the socks you gave them. This is recycling your heart. But this one Christmas Eve, I was going to church. I was actually going to a church. And I said to him, I said, no, Dad, I'm going to church. Like a proper church. You know I'm a Christian now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what are you doing? That was like, ooh, stuck it on him. What are you doing then? You're going to sit here, have your bit of surf and turf and watch a bit of Christmas telly. What are you going to do? I said, why don't you come? And he looked at me and my mum was, no, oh, yeah, I'll get you out of the way. I've got... I've got cooking to do and preparing. Me, 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 me. Take him, get him out of the way. <laughs> can you see the scene? You can, you can envision it. So he went, all right then. So he came with me to church. My dad. And I was nervous. I mean, if you know, it's nervous and worrying to have someone that you care about or you like come into church. Because sometimes church is our thing, you know what I mean? And sometimes we don't quite get it, but we're getting it and we get into it. But I don't want anyone else to see me lifting up my hands and singing. I don't want them to see some of, you know, sister so-and-so running around a church or preaching in tongues <laughs> next to me. Right? Because there's always someone. You bring someone for the first time and they sit next to someone. And in the worship, that person's going into one. We're in a Pentecostal church. And, and people worry about that stuff. You worry about bringing your friends from uni, bringing your friends from college, bringing your friends from school, bringing your friends from work. Because the worship goes on for ages. I'm, don't, I'm not sure they're going to get into it. It's very loud. People can be weird. They hug. <laughs> a lot. And it's weird, right? It can be weird. How many of you have been weirded out about thinking about bringing someone to church? Yeah. It's natural. It's natural. But listen, if it was good enough for you, yeah. are you weird? Yeah. How many weirdos we got in the house? Yeah. I didn't want you to put your hand up then. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not weird, so therefore it's not weird. 
That's why people don't want to come to church, because it's full of weirdos. <laughs> but we get worried about it, don't we? But it is one of the most ideal times to bring someone to church. It's an excuse to bring them to church. It's Christmas. Come for the carols. Come and watch the kids. There's a beautiful way to get them into the environment of the presence of God. I took my dad to church that night. We parked up outside the church in the car park. My dad was a businessman. A car pulled in next to us. A guy got out the same age as my dad. He looked a little bit like my dad, but not as good looking as my dad. Hallelujah. He's in the jeans. And he got out, he said to us, we were, he, he said, excuse me, lads, he said, uh, I'm looking for a church. He said, well, one, one round here, we said, you just parked up outside one, we're just going in there now. He went, oh, wow. Can I come in with you? We went, yeah. So we, we walked in, him and my dad are talking. He sits down, we have the service, all singing. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, Right, and all that stuff. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> right? Little donkey. <laughs> <laughs> really Christmassy. Everyone's like, hi. You know, hugging. And there was the sister doing her thing in tongues over there in the corner. And I'm sitting there with my dad, businessman, another businessman, sitting there like. <laughs> Pastor gets up, preaches the Christmas message. Makes an altar call for salvation. Lift up your hands if you want to receive Jesus. I'm sitting there praying, oh God, oh God, oh God. Look around like that, out the corner of my eye. I mean, <laughs> you don't let on, do you? You don't let on. You're just there being holy. You're closing your eyes. You're just getting into it. This is what I do, Dad. You know what I mean? This is how we roll. But you're looking. My dad's put his hand up. The bloke next to him puts his hand up. Christmas Eve, 1995, my dad gave his life to Jesus. They went out with the pastor. Come on, we've got to take you out, give you a booklet, pray for you and all that. He went out, the bloke went out, he came back, the bloke was missing, gone, didn't see him again. I think he might have been an angel. Whatever it was, my dad has been saved since 1995. He's been going to one church. He's one of the longest serving members in his church. Amazing. 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 Maybe this year, Maybe this year could be the year that your friends get saved or your family gets saved or your kids come back or your families reconcile. Maybe this is the year when you get people into the environment and the atmosphere of joy and peace and salvation and forgiveness and reconciliation. Maybe. That's the power of Christmas. That's what Jesus has made possible through his birth. And then we have the possibilities that that brings. There's so many possibilities. Here's a few. Faith. Everyone say faith. Yeah. It's possible to deepen your faith at this time of year. Because when you decide to worship God and you remember Christ, in this season, things take place that are just, just incredibly powerful in your lives. And it might be that you get someone to come at this season to, to, to come into the environment of Christ, but then every season of their life after that, Christ is in the center of it. Imagine that. That's a possibility. You can deepen your faith. Have you been praying for someone to get saved? You've been praying for friends to get saved? 
You've been praying for family, workmates to get saved. Let me see your hands. Let God see your hands. If you've been praying for someone, your partner to get saved, come on somebody, your kids to get saved, then faith, have faith, have faith, have faith, have faith in the Savior, have faith in the God who saved you, that he can save them. Your faith can deepen at this season. Then finances. There's possibility for finances this season. You're like, oh my God. How can my finances be blessed this season? Well, number one, refuse to get in debt. Make a choice not to do the things that other people do and pay now, play now, sorry, and then pay later. Don't do that. Because if you play now, you'll be paying forever. People that get into debt in credit cards, with, you know, 19.7% APR, Someone's making money off of your perceived happiness. Why? Don't do that. Stay debt free. One of the ways you stay debt free, watch this. This will freak you out, but this is theological and this is true. Is don't rob God to give Santa his profits. Make sure you keep paying your tithes, your offerings. Make sure you give God what's God's. Make sure you do it first, off the bat. Don't worry about what comes next. If you've chosen 10% as your, your tithe and offering, give 10% off the top as soon as you get paid and then let the other 90%, 80%, 50%, 60%, whatever it is that's left, let God deal with that, multiply that, and watch how that works in your life. I guarantee that if you do this right, you're going to come out of it and you're going to be blessed. I guarantee it. I've been doing this for 28 years. I come out of every, every Christmas season debt-free. God provides all the time. And he provides the best. Vicky gets spoiled at Christmas. Amen. Lily gets spoiled. Tom gets spoiled. I get forgotten a little bit. But it's all right. I'm the dad. You know what I mean? It's cool. No, I get spoiled. I get spoiled. We all get spoiled. Amen. Because of this, your finances can survive Christmas. How many of you want your, your bank account to survive intact? How many of you want your credit rating to survive intact? How many of you want your finances to survive intact? How many of you want to go into January not having to worry about paying off the debts of, of December? Also, your friendships. There's possibilities for your friendships. I don't know about you, but at this time of year, it's, it's possible to build relationships. Amen. I mean, if you know, you've got good relationships in your destiny. You've got people in your life coming up in your future that maybe you haven't met yet that are going to be lifelong friends. They're going to be prayer partners. It might even be lifelong partners. It might be your spouse. Come on, somebody. People meet people when you open up your life and open up your heart for that. Sometimes open up your house. We open up our house at Christmas. We've got a guy sitting here right now who's part of our church who we didn't know who came to our house one Christmas, sat with us for a meal, didn't know him, all messed up. If I'm honest, I didn't want him in the house. <laughs> all messed up. But he came and we opened up the house. Amen. And he came in and we received him. And God touched his life. And he's never been the same since. He's told us this. 
And we've done that time and time again. We've had people in our house. Open up your house. Let people in. Amen. And it might be that you, you grow in friendship. Praise the Lord. Make a phone call to someone you ain't spoke to for a while. Someone that you've got beef with. How many of you know Christmas ain't about beef, it's about turkey? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you can give a round of applause for that one. I'll receive it. And then, understand this. The gift of time is the best gift that you can give to anyone. Because it's priceless. You can't buy time. You give time. And it costs. Amen? Give someone a bit of time. Have them round. Phone them up. Speak to them. Do a Zoom. FaceTime. Just tell them you love them. Tell someone you love them this Christmas. Maybe you haven't told for a while. And then there's fun. Hallelujah. We can't have Christmas without fun. It's a season of fun. Amen? Let fun be your destiny. I don't know about you, but I have to do ministry with fun. I have to have laughs. It, it, it's amazing. I love it when people have a great time. I love it when people stage dive. I love to hear laughter. I love it when the kids are laughing. I love it when someone makes a mistake and someone says something and everyone laughs. No one points a finger of condemnation. Learn to laugh at yourself. Hallelujah. If you've never been able to laugh at yourself, I advise you go away and look in the mirror. Because if you can see what I can see. <laughs> I'm just messing. Amen. Learn to laugh. Learn to laugh at stuff that happens. Amen. Learn to have fun. Learn to enjoy. Enjoying means to do things with joy. Don't just enjoy doing stuff. Enjoy doing stuff. After we had the Cajon's Christmas meal yesterday, people were here. How do you think this place changes? How do you think all the tables and all the food on the floor and everything that goes on, how do you think that happens? Did the angels come and do it? Or do some hard-working team members stay and put these things into place? Who taught the kids? Who was taking time out to teach the kids? Who did all the costume stuff? Who was running around? All of our backroom people that are out there right now still taking care of the kids. But you know you hear laughter. You hear people teasing each other. You see people throwing food at each other sneakily. It's okay. Let's have fun this Christmas. Amen. And I know that if it's a time when you've struggled, when there's been loss, it's okay. It's okay. Mourn, grieve. It's okay. There's space and room for that as well. Amen. That's a holy thing too. It's okay. But just understand that there's people around you that are ready and willing to just smile with you, laugh with you when the time is right. It's a beautiful thing. Have fun. Connect. Come to church. Invite someone to church. Amen. And then more than that, be the church. It's not one or the other. Some people are like, I don't come to church because I am the church. Shut up. <laughs> Nonsense. 
That's like me saying, I'm married, but I don't have to go home. I could still be married for a while, but <laughs> you know what I mean? One day I'll see clearly. Hallelujah. Amen. When the bruises go down. <laughs> Just joking, joking, joking. The only thing Vicky hits me with is love. Come to church, and then when you leave the church, be the church. Represent the church. Don't moan about the church. Don't complain about the bride of Christ. Don't diss Jesus' his, his, his future. You know what I mean? Don't diss that future wife. Don't diss the church. Be the church. Be the church. Is there problems? Yeah, there's problems, but we can overcome the problems. There's an answer to the problems. Hallelujah. Is there power? Yeah, there's power. Look at me. I am a new creation. Right? Tell that to someone. Is there power? Yes, there is. What about possibilities? Are there possibilities? Yes, there are. And let's maximize them this year. Lastly, be content and don't compromise. Don't compare. The enemy of contentment is comparison. Their tree might be bigger than your tree. Around our street right now, you've got all the people out. They've had companies around putting lights up outside their house. They've got icicles and all the rest of it. Whatever. Amen. That's nice. I enjoy the vision of what they've done, and I don't have to pay for it. Tell me if you know, we're born again, but we weren't born again yesterday. We don't have to compare anything because we have the best gift ever, Jesus Christ, salvation, an eternity with God. One day, our mansions are going to be huge. And if you want lights on your mansion, have lights on your mansion. Don't compare. Don't compare the size of your turkey. Don't compare how many gifts you've got. Don't compare how many people you have. Don't compare how much money you've spent. Don't compare where you're going. Don't compare what you look like. Don't compare your Christmas jumpers. Don't compare your waistlines. Don't compare. <laughs> Amen? Avoid comparing your Christmas with family, friends, neighbours, and the random people you see on TV or social media. Amen? And then the temptation to compromise because of a tradition that God didn't begin. He didn't begin all the trees and stuff. Amen. We've done that. We've got involved in that. It's okay. But what he did begin was the fact that Jesus was born. He did begin the fact that this time of year is a good time to have a feast. He did begin all of the things that we're going to be learning about over the next few weeks. Don't compare. Don't get bent out of shape. Don't get it twisted. And then everything's going to be under control because the power and the promise of Christ make it possible to overcome the problems of this world. So may your Christmas season be a good one. Thrive. Don't just survive. Give God your love and time and let him give something eternal through you to someone else. And then be the Christian you desire to be in every season, just not, not just this one, every season. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now for every single person that has been a part of today because today is the day of salvation. If there's anyone, oh God, in this place or watching that doesn't know Christ as Savior and Lord, 
Let today be the day of salvation. Turn to him in faith, away from your own self, your own decision-making, and let him be the center of your world. May he forgive you. May he create in you a new heart, a new spirit inside of you. May he live in you and live with you forever. All you've got to do, if that's you, is just pray online, pray. I got saved, I said a simple prayer. I said, God, if you're real, and I believe you are, and if you'll forgive me like I've heard you will. And then I said, if you break my addiction, I said, I'll serve you forever. And in that moment, Jesus came into my heart, and he forgave me of my sin, turned my life around, gave me a new heart, new direction to live, and he broke my addiction. And here I am 28 years later, still following that same Christ. And then for the rest of you, I'd like you to stand in this place right now. And just lift up your hands. We're not going to make an altar call today. We're just going to worship. Remember, this coming month, these next few weeks, can be a time when you relive your history or it could be a time when you start to live out your destiny. I know what one I choose. Make your choice right now. Make your choice right now. Focus on the Lord and worship Him. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Hallelujah. Victory Outreach Manchester is a family in the city and we are here for you. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.